And we are live, the journey after the journey, where we are supporting each other in the post-awakening era. What does that mean? What does it really mean? We opened up our hearts, we remembered, we remembered who we are, or at least we have had an experience in which we recognized our oneness, we recognize our true essence, we have come to discover that all of this business of connection and disconnection, connection and disconnection, ups and downs, whether it's making babies or creating nonprofits, it's all one big journey of life longing for itself. Life longing for itself. And we need help, we need support. This is a community service. This podcast is specifically designed right now to serve an audience, a community that I have been working with, playing with, and I've had the honor, the pleasure, and the pain of serving of the past hmm, six years, six years. My son is almost four years old. I moved to New York while my wife was pregnant, so it's about more than four years right here in New York. I've gone through a lot of ups and downs as a new spiritual teacher. I have always maintained... I had a friend of mine, I'll just skip to this. A friend of mine asked me today, when was your most successful time in your life? What is it that you do so naturally and organically? And I said, it's always when I connect to people, when I'm engaged. He said, okay, when was it the most lucrative for you financially? I said, well, 2014, really. He said, well, it's been two years. What happened? I said, it was more important for me to focus on my work, my own work, personal growth work, than to strategize of what's best for my business. And that's just the truth. I've definitely done things and made decisions that were not very business-friendly in the short term. And yet, in the long term, I have known that it's important for me to grow as much as I can as a human being, to grow as much as I can as a teacher. And even though in the short term, some of my actions and behaviors would be frowned upon and looked upon negatively and could have a, would have a negative impact on my short-term business, yet in my soul, in my heart, I knew that I need to do my work. And there is no better way for me to do my work than to do it where I am, right here, right now. So I've experienced a real growth. Like that was the question to him when was it the most? Uh, 2014 was definitely the most lucrative year for me financially, as far as my own independence. And uh, I've seen bigger numbers. I've seen. And I've played with numbers in the millions of dollars back when I was in my late teens, early 20s, when I took a company public, for lack of better words, and played in that dot-com bubble. But as far as my own independence and the business and flow and just seeing things work organically and experiencing the most financial gains just automatically without trying was definitely 2014. 
and maybe even some parts of 2015. And over the past year or so, I have seen my business go through an adjustment. Some people would call it a contraction, but it really has been an adjustment that would really be a result of me focusing on doing my work long-term, thinking and knowing that it's important for me to not fake it as a teacher, to not just peddle love and peddle space and peddle self-discovery and peddle self-awareness. I took the risk and decided that in order for me to be a better teacher, I need to just be raw and genuine and honest with myself and do what I feel like I need to do in order to grow. So all of this, really, you know, the original topic for this show really has been unprepared and ready to go. How important it is to acknowledge this place where we don't feel prepared. We don't feel like we know what we need to do. And yet our soul knows. We trust the flow. We trust what we feel. We cultivate our intuition. We cultivate our presence. We cultivate our connection to the divine. See, ultimately... Our work that we do together is, you know, there are many ways to look at it, but it's heart opening first. It really is. It's about what opens your heart and who are you when you are in your heart. And giving yourself space, giving ourselves space. All of you listening, the journey after the journey, really, I think one of the most important aspects to take and to implement, really, in your life is having the space to uncover, to discover what it is that you love, who you are, your thought patterns your actual patterns, who you, who, who you are becoming has so much to do with taking some time to unlearn, to start from scratch. And I have been saying it in the community for quite some time and I'm experiencing it myself. I'm literally going through the same thing. I acknowledge and encourage all of the people that I work with. You see, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a spiritual guide and teacher. I am. And my work is all about working with mostly groups and then a lot of private and couple work in between. But most of my work is done in groups. And we are focused on generating experiences which lead to heart-opening connection, con- a- 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 authenticity, and a real intimacy with life, a real intimacy with one another. So we can have the space to know who we are. And... When it starts with heart opening, it allows our imagination to be free. We cultivate presence, the ability to stay present. And ultimately, when we free our imagination in community, we start to have creative engagements. Because what you want to do in your life is to contribute, is to share, it's to express, it's to build, it's to create a legacy, not just for you, but for the human race, for the humankind. What we do right now shapes and shifts the, the lineage of humanity moving forward, knowing that our work together is ultimately about community building, community support, creative engagements, freedom of imagination. How free is your imagination? How much of your story is being told for you and how much are you telling your own story? And that's something that I have a friend who's a coach as well and he's been coaching me and he continues to push me at this time, because I'm going through, like you, through so many shifts to be able to pause, really, really pause, take some space and go, okay, 
everything we did until now is phase whatever. Let's just call it phase one. Before we move on to phase two, let's take some space and really write the story. Write the story of what's coming, what's to become of us. Very important questions to ask yourself is what's been working for you and what hasn't been working for you. What do you know brings you joy? What do you know continues to bring you headaches? What is it in your life that you automatically do, that organically you feel good about, that it doesn't take too much effort for you to be valuable and provide a sense of contribution to the world? And how many things are you still fighting for? Unprepared and ready to go is more than a title. It's a state of trust. It's a state of being. It's a mindset. It's a heart set. Knowing that there is a job for you to do here. Knowing that you, there is a way for you to contribute to society. And this is why you are here. This is why you were born. And at the same time, not being so stuck on what it is. Not being so anxious on are you living your purpose? Are you living your mission? Are you living your true destiny? Instead, to ask yourself, are you giving yourself space? Are you truly discovering and uncovering what it is that makes you happy? Do you spend any time with yourself examining your thought patterns, examining what comes up for you? Do you have enough time to daydream? Are you taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, mentally? What kind of decisions are you making in your life right now? You see, a lot of times we have an epiphany, we go through a spiritual journey, we go to a shamanic ceremony, we have a week and a yoga retreat, we go to whatever, and we get it, we remember, we remember who we are. You get a sense of your divinity, you pray again, you ask again, your intuition comes back. And yet most of us fall prey into our own doubts and we make the same decisions. Whether it's how much of a tip you're living or how you treat people who you think are against you or harm you. The sense of separation, the sense of exclusivity, making decisions out of fear. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to open up your heart and to stay open to really stay open, to make decisions as if you were still on that retreat, to make decisions as if your heart is, is still open, to make decisions as if you are still in that, uh, you know, cuddle pile where you feel so loved and connected and cared for and you can see that nobody wants to take anything away from you and that life just wants to support you. That is the work. This is why we call this podcast The Journey After The Journey. We already know. We have been touched by the divine. We have been reminded who we are. And now the work is to really kind of take stock in everything we have gone through and everything that we have done. And not to feel bad and not to feel guilty, but to be realistic and say, okay, I have spent the past five years or so really just focusing on my own personal growth at the at the forefront because I wanted to become and be the best teacher I can be and now moving forward saying okay strategy wasn't my focus making decisions that would be the best for my short-term business wasn't my focus but 
at what time do I make decisions and go, okay, I trust myself as a teacher. I trust myself as I have enough self-knowledge and self-awareness to know what's to come next, that I now empower and include whoever and whatever I can in order to spread the message, spread the word, and grow this support network for all of you who are literally in this place of after the journey. Know you are loved Rest in peace Dream your sweet dreams Till your soul is released Know you are loved Rest in peace And we're back. We're going to take a caller right now. This is Will from New Haven, right? Correct. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, thanks for calling. Thanks for having me. Let's get into it. All right. What do you want to talk about? Well, you know, so you, you, we know each other for quite some time. We've been working together uh, for, I don't know, just a little bit of time and what I like about you is you you don't you know there's a lot of what I find in my job and my role as a as a teacher as a guide that a lot of times in the beginning people see me as what they want to see me as which is important for me I have to hold the projection I have to play out some of the intricacy of the relationships and you know I'm a new teacher really I was a I guess I was always a teacher inside, but as practicing, uh, this is a new job for me. And I sat, in, I sat behind the computer for most of my life beforehand. And I think that, I mean, I know what I've liked about you from the beginning is that you kind of always allowed me to be a human being. You allowed me to be me and not that you didn't get, um, that, that you just, you just, Again, you just allowed me to be a teacher without the... You didn't need me to be someone specific. And I just... I I, I don't know if you... Because I know you're very well versed and you're very well read and you have a lot of experiences. You You have a lot more knowledge than me about a lot of things. And I'm I, I'm not sure if your experience with giving people like me <laughs> this kind of space because it feels very supportive to me i know i'm here to support you but in truth you're very important to my life because you've been a constant thread of support because um it didn't matter to you really what other people th- say or thought it was always important for you to kind of check with your own judgment and i'm just curious if this is something that you always had within you, you have a, a experience with this kind of, th- this sort of relationship. Just where'd you get your? Wh- how did you get so wise? <laughs> um. Well, as far as treating you like a, a person or, or not, or just going by my own judgment, I think I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and believe that people have just good 
good noble they aspired for nobility and you know there are hiccups along the way and, and people make mistakes but I still try to hold that that space for people which is a good thing when people have that aspiration but so so you make it easy you know because you seem to be uh, mindful and intent on just learning and and improving and and listening so let, let's 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 get into some let's get into some difficult questions or situations because you know me very well and i have behaved and done things that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily approve of and yet you maintained a sort of relationship with me that as i said really allowed me it gave me some courage and support and hopefully that does the same thing to you for example uh i i grew up i grew up in a religious context with a community with spiritual teachers and i myself experienced people kind of abusing their powers and acting in ways which at least from the outside i was told was inappropriate and then i have also experienced some uh, some actual abuse from from spiritual teachers in my life when i was you know uh, just like 9 10 11 so it was very very interesting to me to kind of face some of the same reputation uh, in my life in my work and i knew that there is a lot of healing that needs to be done so, for example, I, I find myself having relationships that are not conventional with clients, students. And while I knew, my mind knew that it was the, you know, it's the worst thing you could do for my, you know, it's the worst thing I could do for my business. It's the worst thing I could do for potentially for my, uh, for the, the people themselves if they, if, if I wasn't really, honest or truthful if we didn't have a good line of communication or we didn't stay present with that they could take it the wrong way and yet i trusted myself all along the way and i crossed some traditional boundaries and while and, and while i wouldn't recommend anyone else to do it and i wouldn't do the same things again because i'm not in my first two years of operation uh in the short term i've suffered i've suffered from like a real should we say blow to my business uh it was it wasn't fun it still isn't fun to have people to have a to to also have a reputation of someone that's not safe and a, as a spiritual teacher uh i know that you i know that you were kind of you, you you managed to hold space for me and I, I just I just wonder if we can get into any of that conversation and I and I encourage you to ask me any questions or to talk about anything because this is not something I've been talking about but this is about but I, I welcome it I have I have really you know ultimately I have nothing to hide sure um, first I'd just like to say that I feel like you know, as far as, as not judging you and trusting my own my own feelings on you, 
that it can be really easy just to rely on like reputations or credentials as far as like uh, um, determining someone's legitimacy. But credentials and reputations both, it's it's just a, a label. It's just uh, a sign. And underneath that, you know, if we have the uh, the courage or the uh, lack of maybe lack of laziness to to think and to question, then those things don't really matter as much because you know I just I just uh, yeah it was mostly just if I if I trusted you and, and focusing on that rather than anything external that I was hearing because if I'm going to feel safe around someone, it's not because someone else validates them as safe, validates them as an authority. It's just a personal trust. And that's really can't be uh, coerced or anything like that. So you have a good, pretty good sense of yourself. I must, right? I mean, there, there's gotta uh, be. I'm, well, I would say I'm developing one. And that comes in, it's funny, so it comes in really, really, really handy in life, and this is something that again we can we can expand on because you know it's funny i i I talk about it with my friends, you know i never i I never did anything that I didn't know that one day I wouldn't have to talk about it, and I wouldn't have to you know in some ways answer it to. I was always here. I was always there. I'm, I'm a human being, and I know that having having a relationship, physical, sexual, non-ordinary, not conventional, not platonic, whatever you want to call it, with a community member, with a student, I know what it looks like. I mean, I really do, and yet it was very important for me to continue to do my work and to trust myself as who I am. And I can, I mean, I've been around this kind of reputation before, not for me, but for other teachers. I've been around it. And I remember being so judgmental and so disgusted and so appalled by them that it is, it's so humbling for me. It's been so, it's been so, it's been, it's been difficult in some ways to just, take away years and years of judgment and years and years of projecting and realizing that unless I was there, unless I talked to some of the people directly, the way that broken telephone and, you know, reputation really works, like you said, it's, uh, it's really difficult. Now, for I'm attracting a lot of teachers, a lot of shamans, a lot of wizards, a lot of healers, you know how what you know it's it's not a question just for you it's a question for both of us like what is we don't really know what the line is of self discovery or you know how far do you go into self awareness and what i'm learning from you that it's really possible is to really go back and check in with the heart and check in with your intuition and 
just commit to always be present and to always be able to answer questions, to always be able to engage. You know, what was one of the things that was difficult for me is I didn't go after, I'd made a decision not to go after anyone that talked, you know, any, anybody that would neg- cause me to have a not so good reputation. I, I made a decision to not go and just like chase everyone and say, hey, let's, let, let, you know, let's clear it up because I realized that for as long that I care what people think about me, it will be a never ending story. Yeah, for sure. And I think that if you can trust yourself and trust your character, then that gives you the confidence to just kind of be indifferent to reputation. Because what is a reputation but like a collective projection on, as, you know, as to who you are? But if you trust yourself and your character, then that that will speak for itself and over time you know it'll it'll hold up right i mean it's <laughs> that is kind of a true fact i look at artists musicians rabbis teachers and anybody that's made a difference and there is always there's always some kind of i don't know about always but so much there's some kind of like a weird era some stinky story something that you can really hang them for and yet, the people who persisted and just stayed true, they're still around. And then the people who kind of like to throw shit against the wall and whatnot, they're not really around. What was, I, we're going to go on a quick commercial break, but what was that quote? I mean, I don't know if you remember it. It really warmed my heart the other day. And if, you know, if, if you don't remember. The roomy one? It, there's something about the character, like. Uh, oh. Maybe during the com- mm. how about this during the break we can find it, we can find sure. it during the break and we can share with the people because that really warmed my heart and anybody that's going through, you know, a, a phase in their life that, you know, you want to take more risk, you want to take more action, but you're worried about what people would think about you. Really, you know, tune in and realize that you cannot skip this work. You see, I wanted the truth is, I. While it was, it's been painful, and I can talk about more details when we come back. I'm happy that I'm going through this in front of 500 people, and not in front of you know five million people. Beloved child, go out, spread light to the world. Be strong, be kind, be It's alright to be afraid Know that you are loved And we're back. Will. Yes. Alright, so you found the quote? I did. So it's a, a Wayne Dyer quote. And he said, Your reputation is in the hands of others. That's what the reputation is. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is your character. Hmm. Yeah. That's so funny because the next show that I'm doing is I'm talking to Wayne Dyer's daughter. Hmm. Yeah, just kind of a random coincidence. And I don't really, you know, it's just kind of life brought it together. So it's funny. So this is the quote that really 
honestly, it has been. I mean, I could print it on my wall because it's really, it's been it's been so helpful because, I mean, you know, you just know. And I'm not, again, I'm not I'm not here to say that I didn't I, I didn't I didn't put people and situations at risk because of my position. I'm not going to say that everything I did is kosher. I'll say that I've always trusted myself and I've always decided to that doing it is more important to me than not doing it. Exploring this is more important than not exploring this. And for people listening, for people who are really wanting to be teachers, healers, wizards, shamans, people who are truly uh, are expanded, we, you know, we, we have to do things... We have to really grow. Let's just say it this way. We have to really grow. And I mean, I can go into some of the details or reasonings of what got me into this place, but I'm more interested to know if you have any questions or we can talk about anything you want. Well, um, speaking of coincidences, yesterday I came upstairs and my mom was watching the Twilight Zone marathon and there was this episode, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. And it's a classic Twilight Zone episode. And pretty much it's just like a perfect suburban town, stereotypical, and it's a summer day, and there's just this paranoia that sweeps through the town, and the neighbors are all out, and they're all searching for the monster. And at one point, someone actually shoots a shadow, which is pretty cool as far as metaphors go. Um, But anyway, it just immediately stuck out to me, just the fact that it's just it's all about suspicion really yeah and how that can uh, spiral out of control and when people get really suspicious they need a they need a scapegoat to to project all their fear onto and uh yeah that's uh i think that's a big cycle throughout human history it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and i appreciate you talking about courage so much because i for me, courage is all about being able to hold a space for everyone where there is no uh, exclusion or there is no scapegoating. It's just listening to everyone, being in touch with, you know, people's fear and, and being gentle with that. Right. Especially ourselves. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh you know, what do you, it's, uh, my, my, I have some, I'm getting some coaching because I want to offer more coaching. And I always say you can't really offer what you don't really get. So I've, I have this coach and he's, he asked me today, he gave me two kinds of homework. And he said, well, the first homework you did really well. The second homework you haven't turned in yet. How come? And I said, the first homework was, I was relying on my memory. He asked me to, doesn't matter. It was about my memory, and I can rely on that whether I like it or not. It was easy for me to do. The second mm-hmm. homework was creative. The second homework, I had to be creative, and I didn't want to be wrong. It's not, for me, my deepest fear is not even about being right. Like, I want to be right. Forget being right. I just don't want to be wrong. And, you know, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one of my heroes, this guy Thomas says, he was a psychiatrist, but he was a vehement critic of psychiatry. He thought it was just, it lacked compassion. It was just a way to judge people as, you know, uh, sick 
by and simultaneously affirming, you know, the arbiter of sick or healthy as, you know, an authority and as being healthy. But anyway, he, he, he has a lot of, a lot of uh, great words of wisdom, but one of them is about uh, being an adult. And he said that being an adult means realizing that you have a right to be wrong. Hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because to me, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be right and to allow myself permission to be wrong. It's really allow myself permission to grow and to learn from my mistakes, to just kind of let loose of the the pressure chamber I, I keep myself in of trying to be perfect or be right or be good or anything like that. Hey, isn't that funny? Like the type of the, the the things that we're afraid of and the things we're not afraid of. Like here I am not not turning in homework that is in writing, okay? It's a writing assignment. And I'm afraid to be wrong. I'm afraid that if I I have to disappoint him, I'm afraid to if I write it the wrong way, then we're gonna be focusing all of the next sessions on the wrong thing. Mm. And I could spend three days just procrastinating. This is a guy who's just like every hour is sending me homework, question mark, homework, question mark. And I really, I just don't want to get it wrong. But in my work as a spiritual teacher and guide, I'm so like dead set on becoming a better teacher, a better father, a better human being that I would explore an intimate relationship with a client. Even though... You know, to the rest of the world, I would be so wrong. I would be like, I would have every reason to be whatever, excommunicated, crucified, hung, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just, I mean, it's more of a discussion point. I have no like real pointers here, but just it's amazing the type of things we would do in order to improve and the type of things that we, 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 we kind of stay away from. Like I had... It was easier for me to explore these relationships because I knew this is something I needed to do. I just did. I knew for a fact that in order for me to understand intimacy, to understand love, to understand coupling, to understand relationships, uh, to really become a better teacher long term, I need to do this. But, you know, send me a writing assignment and I won't turn it in for weeks. <laughs> I just think it's funny. And... It's it's amazing. It's just the, I guess, now talking out loud with you, it's feeling, I didn't think I was wrong. Like this, there's something about being wrong and being wrong and writing, turning into wrong writing assignments and then have the coach think that I'm either not creative enough or we would focus on the wrong thing. That is something more ego-based for me. Having a intimate relationship with a client is a lot more soul-driven, even though to the outside they'd be like, what are you talking about? You're thinking with your dick. But that's not true. And I know myself. It reminds me of the quote um, on the Facebook page, the Rumi quote about being beyond transcending right or wrong, transcending morality. And... I think that's so important for people's growth 
to to have a space where they can be right or, or they can be wrong. They don't have to be afraid of only being right or of being wrong. I think that's where like real growth and real freedom comes in. And it's because that's a weight I carry on myself and the support I've gotten from you and from other people as far as like, it's a, the, the contrast helps me realize the weight that I carry and the pressure I put on myself, the standards I hold myself to. And I listened to a, a great podcast earlier and it was about mental health and feeling like we need to fix people. And they detailed a village, or actually it's a city in Belgium, and years ago a patron saint of mental illness died there. So all these mental ill people started pilgrimaging there. And the people of the town just lodged them for free. And there there came so many, it just became normal. And now this town is like populated with mentally ill people all over the place. And they don't call them patients or or clients or mentally ill. They just call them boarders. And they they live there for free. And some of them work part-time. But everyone just acts like, you know, just lets them be who they are. There's no feeling like they need to cure them or fix them, that there's anything wrong with them. If If they do weird things to get comfort, people around that. And they don't try to curtail it or... Or anything. It was so beautiful. I was crying through a lot of it. Just the space that has been given to those those people to just integrate them as you know, without judging them or putting any sort of labels. Or ex- really, it's an exclusion in a lot of way. It's excluding them as it's including them. It's not excluding them as being defective. It's just so remarkable. Whole city just kind of organically takes on that duty without even sweating it. So there's a so there's a part of us. I mean, you identify with it because you're doing it to yourself. Maybe some people are doing it for you, but you're doing it to yourself. And you're doing it to other people like me. Uh, and I'm sure you had like real moments you were like, God, this guy's a douchebag. But you still managed to ask me about it. And I remember the first time you texted me some real questions and I answered them by text. I was like, God, if he like... If this is a trap, I'm in trouble. Like, I remember even thinking that. Like, I shouldn't be writing all this stuff by text to this guy. But, again, I don't, I don't work that way. I just, I haven't. I haven't worked. I, if you are real and honest with me and you ask me real questions, you know, I promise to be there. And I think it's important for us to also acknowledge that sometimes we are too scared. Like, you know, it's been... It's been about a, a re- like a year of real of real drama for me, and yeah, I th- of course I there's a part of me that just close my eyes and just hope for it to be over, because it's it's just hard, it's challenging to to be met with your worst fears, and then the biggest gifts, the biggest gifts that I've received in my entire life, has been people like you showing up and saying, hey, listen, I don't know what you got going on, but I'm here for you. Like, um, I trust you. And this is, I said it the other day, I was just in a, I was in, you know, there's a training group for my class. And there's a new person. Every couple of years, there's a new person that's managing it, of course. And she said to me, listen, people are talking, you know, your classmates are talking about you. You know, why do you think they are? And I'm like, well, my guilt has been radiating. And, (laughs) 
and you know they just take it on and they believe whatever the worst version that they can possibly come up with based on mm. their experience and their projection with me they're not really talking to me about it I get it but that's what's happening she said to me what are you going to do about it I said honestly I expect from my classmates I expect the same space that I give my clients my students my community members and that I stand for I stand for that. I give a lot of space to people. I do. And I expect the same thing, at least, at least for my classmates, at least from the people who, you know, say they want to do the same thing. We'll be back after a minute. Know you are love. Rest in peace. Dream your sweet dream. Till your soul is released Know you are loved And we are back talking to Will Reputation, space, openness And ultimately, I think, in the future I really hope that this sort of, sort of podcast Really helps other teachers in training Like there are so many people who call themselves teachers There are so many people who want to be teachers And it's so easy to kind of take on a persona, take on a personality. And short term, it's good for business, I, I, I admit. I know, I know what I could have done or would have done to do the right thing and just develop a really nice business. But I'm not interested. I've always said that. I'm not interested in a business. I'm interested in co-leading a movement. And that means we all grow together. When I came in to... You know, I remember when I come in when I came into New Haven specifically, and it was different because in New York, I'm local, people know me. there was uh integration groups every week. I get to interface with people. there's a lot of community events, so people really got to know me when I came to New Haven every three months or so uh it wasn't the same. I thought it would be the same uh I came in and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm just one of you guys. I'm holding a specific role." And my role is the space, it's the openness, it's the safety of creating the sort of structure for no structure so we can see who we are when we show up together. And whatever it may be, I mean, it's been really amazing for my lesson, it's been really amazing for people, hopefully. Uh, the lack of ongoing connection, the lack of ongoing interactions really allowed, well, it taught me a lot, it taught me that It's really unrealistic for me to come in to a group of people and say, "Hey, I'm just one of you guys." And, but in truth, in the beginning, and my, this was literally my first 24 months of operation, I really did feel one of you guys. It's, it's like a it's, and I still in my heart too, but I get it now. I get it with more years and more people around me and more uh, Just, just the more years and more experience, I would never do the same things I did two years ago, or if I would, I would be, a, I would be very transparent and open from the get-go. The biggest issue that I had is that I wasn't transparent, I wasn't open because I myself wasn't really quite sure if how, how it would be accepted at home, you know, with people. So there was this sense of guilt that was radiating for me, and I did feel guilty. I felt guilty for not being an in integrity in my own house with the situation. I wasn't a hundred percent honest with 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 what I was exploring, 
and that guilt was radiating so much and I couldn't tell. It took me years. It took me years, really. I had a friend of mine who came to me and he said, listen, whatever you're doing is not working. You feel guilty, you smell guilty, you look guilty. And it took me some time to process it and go, you know, he's right. But what people are feeling is not the guilt that they're projecting on me, it's the guilt that I felt towards myself. Now, I really couldn't have known that without the space and the time. It took me it took me another it took me two years basically to see it, quite frankly. So again, it's people like you, Will, who understand the or you know, more than understand, there is something within you that maybe again like we started from the beginning, it's all the reading you've done and all the dynamics you have with maybe a lot of teachers that are not alive anymore that You've been giving me the same space, and I want to really once again thank you and encourage anyone that has any issues with someone they like or their teacher, instead of talking about it behind their back. I mean, you can, that's fine, but just at some point, bring it to them. At some point, make an effort to find their side of their business, of their, of, of the experience, not that there are sides, but just the vantage point, the perspective. I have been kind of waiting for a while now for people from the community, from the community I'm working with, from the people who are judging me, to come and say, hey, listen, you bring up a lot of things in me. You, 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 whatever you are doing just feels wrong to me. I would like to know your experience of it. I'd like to know what's going through your mind when you have a non-conventional relationship with a student. I want to know what's going through your heart and your body when you are getting uh, intimate with someone while you have a wife and a child at home. Those are the questions that, again, maybe I wasn't ready for them before, but now I am. I mean, I feel like I always have, but thank God they didn't come any earlier. (laughs) And at the same time, this is real. This is all really, really real stuff. We're all growing together. And... I mean, I can keep going, but I know we only have about five minutes left or so. So, any other questions or topics or things you want to share? Um, yeah, well, I would just like to say that I feel like it's, uh, you know, meeting everyone at the at the events and, and on the Facebook page, just wherever, and kind of, it's taken some time to adjust to realize that Any like a any like like a system of power or hierarchy, I feel like I brought it with me from my past and then projected it onto this and then it's taking me time to kind of realize the space and realize that it's it's open, it's it's an egalitarian place and I think that takes a, an adjustment period to and it, it takes exploration to to be able to push up against where in the past you had felt like, uh, you know, maybe an authority figure didn't want you to question or, or do or anything like that. And then, uh, you know, over time you can kind of explore. I've explored and realized, whoa, the space that you're holding for me is much different than I assumed it was in the first place. And that, when I, as I realized it, I just have like extreme gratitude because I realized, whoa, you're not trying to hold me back. You're not trying to like keep me down or trying to 
keep anything contained. Uh, you're just giving me space. And yeah, as I realized that, I just have a, it's, it's just great. That's where a lot of the growth comes in, is the space, really. Yeah, I've been I've been really fighting for this, especially in the past year. You know, when my group sizes went from fifty-five to fifteen, which is kind of ridiculous anyway in the first place to have thirty, forty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, you know, but it was good for me. It's good for me. All of it was good for me to really see it. But you know, life is funny. When I had groups of you know, 30, 40 was the norm. And then within one group in New Haven, when I had 55 people, I went out and I just put a journey uh, session uh, on the calendar every, you know, whatever, every week almost, or three weeks out of the month. And even throughout all of this drama, I was still fought to maintain the calendar the same way and not to pull back, even though it was obviously different as time went on. And, but, you know, my expenses still were the same, and if not more, and my kid is growing up, and I just had a lot of opportunity to go, holy shit, like, I'm really, I've screwed this up, I really screwed this up, and just hold it, and hold it, and as people come to me, and they say, well, you should restructure this, you should have more, you know, don't give people so much freedom, and so much space, you should hold their hand more, you should put more themes, you should do it this way, you should do it that way, I'm like, no, the way I was taught the way I was taught is in, my, in this lineage that I'm working with is to give people the space to be themselves and just be there to guide and support, really not to volunteer it, only when intuition calls for. And it's been such a struggle for me in, inside to just stay to that as, you know, as the numbers different, as the reputations and the waves and the ups and the downs. And I'm really glad to hear you say that because it really it really opens up my heart even more to continue to stay on the course, to continue to just do what I know. You know, I, I, I do coaching. I also do people, I work with people one-on-one. There is different spaces that I do where I'm more hands-on. But this specific space and the context that we met under and that's been so much of my work, I have been really, 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 really fighting, as I said, to just keep it the way I know it to be most beneficial for people. And it is to give them space. And it is to hold the projections. And it is, you know, there's a part of me that goes, well, you should really follow up with people, make it more, make yourself more accessible to them in some way. And I'm like, no, that's not it. If you really want to talk to me and if you really want to be in touch, You'll make it happen, not because I'm a dick, but because I'm teaching self-reliance. I'm, I'm teaching self-reliance in community. It's funny, we speak about Wayne Dyer. That's what he always used to say, that his mission and vision is to teach self-reliance. I get it. I'm going through the same journey. And a lot of that self-reliance is within me. So, Will, if you have any last words about self-reliance or anything, I really want to thank you and I want to give you this. The, the last yeah, I would just seconds. like to recommend Emerson's essay on self-reliance. It's been such a transformational thing for me. So on that topic, that was, that's my last word. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Will. You are a great example of willpower and love and unconditional support. And hopefully you'll come back on. We'll talk about more stuff. 
cool. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Have a good night. You too. Thanks.